49, right? 48. It's definitely 49. It's 49. Don't do that. It's 48. No. It's 49. Are you serious? Yeah. No. Is he serious? Oh, it is 49. <laughs> All right. My bad. My don't, bad. Don't, my don't bad, mess my with bad, me my like bad, that, my man. Bad, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Episode 49. <laughs> Somebody said podcast. Real quick, before we get into the numbers, you guys know this is a very special episode, right? Wasn't aware of that. We have literally done a year's worth of shows. Oh, wow. Hey. Hey. Legitimately, a full year. We dropped our very first episode December 1st. So is this season two? Yes. This is going to be the first episode of season two. Everything else has been season one, and I couldn't find a natural split. So I'm like, you know what? We'll go a full calendar year, and then we'll jump into season two. So this is episode one, season two. Total episode 49. Okay. This kind of sucks. We didn't do nothing special, no cake, no nothing. No, not really. I thought about going by like Publix and grabbing some, but I'm like, I ran out of time. It happens. Well, welcome to season two, guys. Which again, welcome to season two, fellas. Never lose. Just ran out of time. Michael Jordan said it best. Michael Jordan. So, I mean, so is this episode one or is this episode 49? <laughs> it's episode 49. Hey, I'm, just, I'm just making sure because, you know, there's always debate on what episode high. it is. I think it's too high. Turn me down. Season two, episode one. All right, start the numbers game down. over. <clears throat> start back at number one already? <laughs> Who did we miss? Stop it. We're going to stop at we 49. We didn't actually start at one, though. Yeah, yeah I about to say, funny thing is, we we started like late, like I feel like in like the late teens or like something like that. Y'all actually want to start over? I didn't that what say you that. Say that. You I was about to say, like, seriously? Pumps is going to win some more. He's going to win anyway. That's not true. He's going to win anyway. I feel like the higher the numbers go, we stand a better chance. I feel like the higher the numbers go, like there's going to be less options out there. But right. then really he just deep, he just reaches it deeper into his bag. So I feel like 79 we might get him. Maybe. Steve Hutchinson. See, All right. See what I'm saying? Just, See what I'm just, saying? And that's, exactly, <laughs> and that's exactly the problem. All right. Can't wait till we get to 100 so the game will just end. <laughs> I got nothing for 100. For 100? Yeah. No, we have to go back to double zero. Back to, nah, at 100. Got to go to double zero. Robert Parrish. Yep. Or All right, 49. Zeros, I guess. It's James Williams and Romello Brinson. All right, 49. Gilbert Arenas. Oh, my bad. 2015 Cy Young winner, Jake Arrieta. How do you get to start? Oh, I'm sorry. But go ahead. Reese. Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have any for like forty nine is a weird number. I'm surprised there's one that I figured y'all would throw out there. Uh, Tim Wakefield, uh, Boston hey, pitcher. Yeah, knuckleballer. That's actually sweet. No, I know who Tim Wakefield is. You got a forty nine in that bag, Miami. The Bucks got a forty nine. Bucks have a 49. Had a sack this weekend. Don't know. I actually, actually missed the game. Or a lot of the game. I don't think I have a 49. That was a nice little defensive performance, too. No? I tapped I out. I can think of it. I think so. 49 is a weird number. I thought that you were going to go with uh, Chiefs. Sorensen. Sorensen. Oh, sorry, <laughs> self. Safety oh, in the league. Lord. Why does he still have You're a right. job? You're right. I should have got, got Sorensen. He, he had a big six, stinks. though. 
That last joke night. Is, I don't care. That joke did you see terrible. the touchdown dance? He was just waving. <laughs> no, I, I actually I didn't watch any of that game because garbage. Um, Tremaine uh, Edmonds, linebackers, Bills. Bills? <clears throat> uh, back to the Red Sox and White Sox. Chris Sale, pitcher. Right. Tony Richardson, uh, fullback, Jets. Nice. Um, uh, former Cubs closer, Carlos Marmol. All right. That's all I got. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Tapped out? <laughs> Give us another one. Give us another one. Yeah, uh, take us home. Redskins Hall of Famer Bobby Mitchell, running back, old black guy. Okay, he sure, was, he was good though. Episode forty nine. Forty nine. Thought I had him. Felt good going to it. Felt good. That's tough. Oh no, who was the one dude that that Bobby Boucher like killed in the Water Boy? The black dude. He wore forty nine. <laughs> no, uh, he was cockeyed, wasn't he? Yeah, like he just. I don't remember his name either way. But that was like his friend. He kind of like took a man at the house party. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <clears throat> 49. Okay. How you guys feeling today? Breeze? Got feeling all right. Shades on? Hmm. Got your what? choker? <laughs> what? It's a lot of shade. It's a decent day. Lights are bright. Whatever, man. Always bright. Episode 49. Episode 49. Somebody said podcast. Everything sports, one stop shop. You don't need to go anywhere else. You don't need no other body. Song's not gonna get old anytime soon for me. Nah, it's super groovy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Follow us on social media: Instagram, somebody said podcast; Twitter, somebody said pod. We're brought to you by two amazing sponsors. But to keep them, we need your help. We need you guys to rate, review, and subscribe, and tell a couple friends. Tell them to tell some more friends. Appreciate it in advance. But the, the sponsors are the Law Office of Clinton Pears, the official. Law Office of the Somebody Said Podcast at the Law Office of Clinton Paris. They take the pain out of being hurt. Areas of practice include personal injury, wrongful death, slip and falls, dog bites, uh. state planning, wills, trust, powers of attorney, general civil litigation, business, general counsel, representation. Dog bites. Hey, <laughs> see these dogs in your front yard. <laughs> you know, I'm upstairs going hard. <laughs> Bing bong. Bing bong. <laughs> New York is not a real place. It's 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 not. It's not a real place. It's not. It's legit like a cartoon. And I love it's it. It's not a real place. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like Looney Tunes land, bro. It's yes. not a real place. It's really not. <laughs> We're also brought to you by the Red Lady Rum Punch. Nice beverage to have during the holiday season. Hey. Did we come up with a drink for the holidays? No, pump I feel like Pump was supposed to do that. What you got? Um while you scramble, the man to my right is Unshay. <laughs> yep. The man to my left is Pump. Yes, sir. I am Breeze. He's got nothing. <laughs> no, I'm gonna come up with something. I feel like something yeah. regarding like Ariana Grande. You got Scar Joe. Why? Why Ariana Grande? Random. Cause she need to come Super. down to Coney Island, take a ride on <laughs> <Okay>. Cyclone. <laughs> I miss okay. you. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Again, New York is not a real place. All right. 
Uh, oh, got to throw it in there. Drink responsibly, people. Please. Especially during the holiday. You're having a good time with your family and whatever. Don't, whatever. don't, don't ruin it. Don't mess Please it up. Don't. Nothing will ruin whatever you got going on quicker than a Dewey. All right. Yeah. We got a, a full show. Mm-hmm. No nibblies this week. Mm-mm. There are no nibblies. So, honestly, we're going to go, I mean, we're going to go right into our high school football talk. I feel like that intro is more apropos this week than any other because we went to a game and I feel like the bands played the entire game. Was it just me? No, they did. And they were they were quality bands too, not just mm-hmm. your average bands. Mm-hmm. They're both good bands. Uh, do we want to start there? We want to just start with the game we went to or yeah. I can go through yeah. the normal, either start with the top, start at the bottom, bigger schools, smaller schools. No, we just start there? We start there. Okay. So... Unkshay and I, <clears throat> only Unkshay and I, went to a game this past Friday. Came here ducking shots. What's going on? So wait, did he cover this year? Did he cover the over under? No. Okay. No. Just, just he didn't go just, to a single game. Just letting the people know. Yeah. He told us two and a P. He went to zero. He watched two and a P. I did. He did. He did watch two. I did. From the comfort of his home. All right. It's not the same. What's wrong with that? You got to rub elbows. It's not the same. You got to rub elbows. You didn't get any boiled peanuts with neck bones like I did this Friday. Lakewood don't serve them. But they, they do got serve drinks. alcohol in the, in the stands. <laughs> Play, you, you text a woman anonymously, the drink appears. So again, wow. you miss all of the, the ambiance and the interaction, the camaraderie that happens at the games. You don't get that sitting on your couch. Yeah, it's still coronavirus out there. Man, Stop it. Anywho, using the doke. Actually, hat. Actually, this actually works out because this was the quote unquote biggest school, Tampa Bay school that's still in it. We went to see Tampa Bay Tech. They hosted Lake Gibson. It was a final score of 42 to 24. Oh, you particularly wanted to go to that game. What was it about that game that was kind of drawing you? Well, Lake Gibson, they got probably the, the two best corners in the country. Uh, this year's number one athlete going to Florida State, um, Sam McCall, and then Cormani McLean, who's the number one corner in next year's class. Mm-hmm. And he was on your boy Greg Gaines all night. So I just wanted to see that matchup. Greg Gaines, he's going to Iowa State. And I came away impressed with Greg Gaines. Mm. At Cormani McLean, he couldn't stick him the whole night. He tried to take away the inside, and Greg just did whatever he wanted. He actually scored on a drag. Yeah. Granted, they didn't throw it to him as much as they should, but I came away impressed with Greg Gaines. I actually thought that Lake Gibson would take away the pass and stuff the box and force him to just run it. And it seemed like Tampa Bay Tech was in control of that game the entire the entire time. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, it was good to to see. We We went to see Greg before, and they played against Warden. And, you know, we walked away not too, too impressed with Warden as a school. We, we like what Greg did. Right. And he's like, okay, you want to see him go against, you know, if he's one of the yeah, best. It's Warden. Yeah. Right. You want to see him go up against equal talent, right? Or dare we say potentially better talent. I mean, 
McLean is a five-star corner. Sam McCall's five-star, right? So it's like, no matter where Greg is lining up, he's, he's lining get that up. Work. <laughs> right, he's lining up against somebody who is at least to his level of play. So we were both excited to see that. And we, we think Tech is a really good team. Yeah. Greg was able, to your point, to, he was able to get open, you know, pretty much when he wanted to. I think the thing we agreed on, McLean has great just ability and just natural talent. Just wake up. Well, that, that, the, right, he just, he rolls out of bed and like, okay, I'm a five-star. He's, he's all of 6'2", maybe even more than that. He's listed at 6'2", he may be more than that. Long athlete, run, jump, the whole thing. But the technique, and that's one of the things about Greg. Greg is not a world beater for speed. He's not the biggest receiver you're going to find. But his route running is crisp, elite. His hands are soft, you know. And, you know, McLean. He, he he really couldn't get a good hand on him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if they played against each other before, but I, I think McLean went into the game not expecting just the release off the line of scrimmage. That I compared it to Devontae Adams, just how quick, not to that level, but just the way, the, the quickness and the way he got off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, Cormani couldn't even get a hand on him at, at times. Yeah. Now, Tampa Bay Tech, their offense is not that creative. And, that could spell trouble in, in the state championship. Right. Because it's it's pretty much predictable. And wouldn't you say that about Lake Gibson? They weren't really doing much offensively, but draw up the middle and these five-yard hitches pretty I much was, all game. I was pretty disappointed in Lake Gibson essentially not trying to use their superior athletes. I mean, Sam McCall right. is not a small kid, and neither is McLean. Neither of them are small. So if you've got five-star athletes, Right, because we're not talking about five-star left tackle. You got five-star athletes, which means at the high school level, throw some jump balls, throw some go routes, and they really did. And I feel like they took maybe a couple shots. They got a pass interference on one of them. Right, that was about like the second quarter. But other than that, it was a whole lot of Jalen Glover. But the running back's pretty good. Yeah, Jalen Glover's the running back. Going to Utah, and they he got a, a healthy you know workload. They really really wanted to run the ball, and I'm like. Why don't they let those athletes on that outside, like, just give them a chance to beat some people? And Sam wasn't on the field half the time on the offensive side. It seemed like they mainly kept them in on defense and maybe plugged them in a play here, a play there. But you got to go win that game with your five stars. Yeah. Force them the ball. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just feel like they just really didn't do that. And, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a nice game good game earlier like Gibson jumped out to a small lead but Tech was able to respond and the biggest thing you know aside from watching Greg go against McClain because that's really who the matchup was all night we really didn't yeah. see McCall on him at all the Tampa Bay Tech defense go ahead no I was, I was gonna say the same thing I early on early on when we went and watched them I didn't give them that much credit because of the team that they played in Wharton because they were so one-dimensional. Yeah. Whereas you're playing against an elite, so to speak, offense, and they stepped up. That that front four, they came to play. Yeah. There was a guy from Lake Gibson. He was on the track talking smack. Oh, Glover <laughs> going to have a field day. Them boys going to be hurting come fourth quarter. And that just never happened. It was, they were just not backing down. And Lake Gibson had a huge offensive line. Big. I would say at least, what, 300 pounds across the board? I would say they're probably averaging close yes. to three. So them guys up front stepped up. 
And I was impressed with that defense. Yeah, they walked away with eight TFLs, which is a really big deal. And Tech doesn't have a huge offense line. They got a couple kids with some size. Number 15, I'm really impressed with Keon Clark, senior. I think he does a really good job on the edge. But it's not like they just have this massive front four, front seven at Tech. Right. But, man, they do a really good job of staying in their gaps. They do a really good job of leverage, using their hands, and they get up the field. They was, tackle well. It's, they're not, it wasn't a lot of missed tackles, and they swarmed to the ball. They, they were kind of like ankle biters, but those kind of tackles hey, get man, They get guys on the ground, yeah. though, right? Yeah. They get guys on the ground, and the fact that, you know, Lake Gibson really didn't try to test them deep very much, they were able to pin their ears back, right? First down run, second down run. You know, maybe a second down, quick screen, right? Little they they ran that play the Bucks like to do, where if a, if a DB's like seven yards off, Tom Brady will just snap it and just throw it to Mike Evans real yeah. quick. They did that, but it's like, okay, so you got five, right? Okay, now he's pressing up. So now what? Right. So um, it was a, it was a really good game though. The the bands were good to your point. The crowd was amazing. Crowd was super hot, packed. We weren't even in the stands. We were we were like on the gate in the was it the south end zone. Yeah. Was it standing room only? Yeah. Yes. But I like watching games like that because you get to mingle with the crowd. So we end up we ended up standing next to a guy who coached like a third of Tampa Bay Tech's team at Little League. He's a Little League coach. So he knew like all these kids. That boy right there, he a freshman. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's calling them out like names, you know, grades, right. stats. Uh, there was another guy standing next to him whose son – Played for Tech last year, was a receiver who's now playing, I think, D1 ball. So literally, I mean, we got to chop it up with some people. It, it was a really good experience. They, they First of all, they're selling barbecue out here. And listen, folks, if you listen to this, <laughs> you like high school football, go to a Tampa Bay Tech home game. You got to experience that. Apparently, you got to pre-order the barbecue because they sold out in the first quarter. I was trying to get a sausage sandwich. Sold <laughs> sandwich. out. Sold out. Well, yeah, when it's a sausage sandwich, it's not a sandwich. Nah, them, them sandwiches hit different. As a sandwich. Sold out, but they were selling, like, flavored ice. There was a dude selling chili and white rice. <laughs> and and they were the, the people selling the flavored ice were also selling, like, big old cups of boiled peanuts. And you can get it, you know, just regular boiled peanuts, or you can get it with corn, shrimp, and potatoes in it. I got it regular, but it had neck bones in it, too. Man. Whatever you do, don't go to the concession stand. You're oh. going gonna to miss the whole a whole quarter, first of all. And then when you get your food, it's going to be trash. I ordered <laughs> chicken tenders and fries. One no salt on my fries. And then my chicken tenders was dry. So I should have just went to the barbecue man. You said they had, oh. what, two people working in the concession stand? Yeah. Like the line was 50 people deep the entire game. So it was like, don't even bother. So it was like Walmart. Pretty much. Gotcha. I feel like we're going on a tangent. All right. All right. <laughs> good experience. Really good game. Ten Bay Tech stays in. They will go. Oh, good. Real quick. What do you think they got to do in st- when they go to the state championship <laughs> to actually win? Because you know they're not going to let great games go off. So they're going to pl- they're going to play against a St. Thomas Aquinas team. <sighs> that kind of says it all, right? Let's pray. Right, because if you know anything about high school football in the state of Florida, you know who St. Thomas Aquinas is. Powerhouse program. Jason Taylor is on the coaching staff. <laughs> so isn't Chris Carter on the coaching staff as well? I believe his because his son went there, didn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, sounds about right. They got a quarterback, Zion Turner, I believe his name is. It's St. Thomas, right? They've got talent out the gang. They pump out D1 athletes every single year. That defense is going to have to show up, right? Zion Turner is going to test them. They're going to have, that defense is going to have to show up, that pass rush, you know, keeping him off schedule. And, you know, offensively, you got to stick to who you are. They really want to run the ball with the quarterback. I'm not the biggest fan of that. You know, Tech really does that a lot. And then they want to, you know, Greg, Greg only had three catches, but it's like every third catch is a touchdown. So I'm looking to ways to get the ball to him. I mean, it's good on good. And I said it at the, I said yeah. it at the late Gibson game. I don't care who's standing in front of him. Make that guy make plays. All right. Because I trust, if, if I'm, you know, the tech coach who showed us a little love on Twitter this past week, Friday morning, actually, if I'm, if I'm that coach, I'm forcing guys to stop Greg. I'm not going to give you an easy night by just not throwing at you. Especially in that game. It's the last game of the season. Get the ball to your best players. I kind of wanted to ask you guys, because, I mean, when you're talking about this, <clears throat> this game and it seems like for certain sides of the ball, it seems like they're underutilizing talent. N- no, I feel it, that way. No, yeah, yeah. All right, definitely. so like, is is it? It seems like with some of those down south schools, like it seems like they just find a way to use all of the talent they have. We're just like they're like you said, they're athletes, right? Maybe they don't have the, you know, some a, a gunslinger quarterback who's going to make every pass, but right. somehow they find a way to get a man on a reverse Jet or sweep. Get, right, whatever that mm-hmm. is. Why is it that it seems like coaches can't? Or some high school coaches can't adapt to where, you know what, I got three guys who all run 4-2. Let me just get them all involved so you don't know where it's coming from. I think some coaches, they get stuck in their ways. Like, kind of like, remember the Titans. I run five plays, and they work, you know. <laughs> sometimes you got to get out of that. You got to realize you got a elite generational guy that you probably won't ever have again at your school. Feed him the ball. So it's just, I think it's not all coaches, but some coaches, they just, I'm going to stick to my playbook. You, you're just another guy on the team. When in all reality, you're not. <laughs> you're a blue chip for a reason. All right. I mean, just, I don't know. I, I feel like you guys, when you come and recap some of these games, it seems like there's a lot of talent out there that the big name talent is getting it done, but it seems like there's talent who's just either one step below, but it's like they're not being utilized that much. For whatever reason that may be. Yeah, I mean, I have that gripe. I've had that gripe about Lakewood. We didn't get to go to the game. We'll call out their score here in a minute. But I've had that gripe multiple years in the postseason where I'm like, a team is giving them something, like easy money. And I felt like Lake Gibson was giving Tech some easy money. Tech has a slot receiver who's just a blazer. Apparently this kid plays shortstop baseball. He's that kid. You bunt, get on first, and he's stealing everything else. Shout out to mom. She was at the concession stand. Man, it's my, again, you don't get that experience watching from the couch. Yeah. So, anywho, they they Man, would not somebody else's mom on my couch. <laughs> All right. All right. So they Lake Gibson did not move around their defense. They played with a nickel corner, but he lined up on the same side of the offense all day, right side. Mm-hmm. So when Tech went four wide, this blazing receiver is standing in the slot mm-hmm. and he's being quote unquote covered. By safety, who's 10, 12 yards off the ball. Right. Hike the ball and throw it to him. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even need to draw a play for that. And make Hike the ball, throw him, and dare that kid to tackle in space. And I guess keep I, doing it over and over. Until somebody stands <laughs> in front of him. And I guess that's my point. If, if, if two 40-yard line coaches can see that, 
why can't you see that? If if especially that at this point in time we're playing for this is for a championship, right? This is for yeah. or the right to go to a championship. Why why isn't everybody doing everything they can, everything they can do? And and my thing is always take the easy stuff. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, because everybody sees it, but I think it's just coaches get stuck in their ways. For instance, the Bucks. Why are we playing ten yards off instead of pressing? The Lions, the way they lost the game on the final play, not to jump the NFL, but the corner was playing 10 yards off in the red zone. They ran a curl and threw the curl right in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's just obvious stuff that you're supposed to see, and I don't know why they don't see it. Silly stuff. All right. Just silly. Okay. Well, anyway, like I said, Tech will be facing up against St. Thomas Aquinas. All the championship games are down in Miami this year. That's pretty cool. We could go. <laughs> Get off work. Hit it. <laughs> That's we'll not, see. That's not going away anytime soon. No, never. All right. So that is 7A. Let's jump down to our 6A really quickly. We've got Jesuit, who this is the other game we were on the fence about going to. We were trying to decide between Tembe Tech hosting Lake Gibson versus Jesuit hosting Miami Northwestern. We ended up landing on the Tech game because we thought there was going to be some really good matchups, some really elite recruits. It does not mean that Jesuit nor Miami Northwestern don't have elite recruits. That that matchup just really intrigued us. And so that's where we went. And the bands were also really good. So that was nice. Yeah. Jesuit did host Miami Northwestern, which we noted, like, usually these Tampa Bay area teams are having to travel to go, especially to these down south teams, you know, or Lakeland team growing up, right? The dreadnoughts were always a thing. You had to go to them. Right. Well, now we're hosting, which is pretty, really, it was really, really cool. So Jesuit hosted Miami Northwestern, handled them 37 to 12. You have been a huge Jesuit fan and, you know, bigging them up. I think the tides are turning. Jesuit is now a powerhouse. People are going to have to come to Tampa to play them. There's no longer them traveling. They're entrenched in Tampa as a powerhouse. You don't want to go to Jesuit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a program. (laughs) It's it's a real program. You don't want to come play Jesuit. Yeah, they lost their best quarterback. Or the, their leader last year, the quarterback, uh, Pasansky, Joe yep. Pasansky. So, Holy Cross is finest. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. You would think they would take a step back. No, they got better. I was like, <laughs> they actually might be better. Right. So, <laughs> shout out to Lil Luther, Junior Vanderrose. He's been on nearly unstoppable this year. Jacques Smith, the running back, uh, he's just picking up offers left and right. Only a junior, he'll be back next year. And they just continue reloading. I think Miami offered one of their safeties recently. Miami did? Yeah, I saw Maybe. I, yeah, I saw on that. Twitter. So they've got blue chip talent. Todd Bowles' son, he's an outside linebacker. He's got an offer from Florida State. He's only a junior. Yep. Wade Wooders, who just committed to Clemson. So it's it's just, they're just turning out talent and bringing in more talent. So yeah. the ties have turned. I think they cruise to a state championship and win it easily. I'm with that. They came up short last year. So I'll be very happy to see that happen. They are playing Pine Forest, who lost to Jones. Oh. Jones out of Orlando. We saw Jones play Jesuit last year. Well, this year, Jones doesn't make it. They're going to be facing Pine Forest. I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about Pine Forest. Don't know. So, okay. That is the 6A team that is still alive. The 4A team that was in it was our beloved Lakewood Spartans. 
They traveled to visit Cardinal Gibbons. They were up at one point. It was, it was, uh, what was it? 13 to 3? Yeah. At the half? Like 13 to 7 or something. Something like that. And they only score one more time. They end up losing 18-36. Now, I said, I'm like, Cardinal Gibbons can score. I'm like, Cardinal Gibbons is going to score the ball. Lakewood's offense is going to have to put up points. As good as that defense has been in this playoff run, Pump, you know, you you really were big on that defense. Going into this game, I'm like, look, they're going to have to score points. Because Cardinal Gibbons is going to get points. And they end up putting up 36, and Lakewood's offense only could manufacture 18. Yeah, I mean, at some point, that's usually what happens to any team that just depends on a defense over and over. And I think the last couple of times we talked about Lakewood, I thought their team was better. I thought it was last year. Pandemic kind of gave me the blip. Shout out to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> but that defense from two years ago was great. I thought this one was really good. but. It just wasn't the same. If you can't score, at some point, that, that bend don't break. It's, it's going to snap on you. It's going to break. Yeah. 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 Bend anything long enough, it'll break. They yep. just they, they just keep getting so close. And I would think, we said it before the season, that this could be the team to go over the hump because of the quarterback play. Yeah. And they had the lead. And I didn't watch the games, but I felt like they got comfortable with the lead. I would not be surprised because we've seen them with a lead later in deep playoff games in the third quarter, and they want to start trying to kill clock. And I'm like, no, no, you can't do that in the third quarter. There's too much football left. You got to go pedal to the metal, do what's been working. It messes up your rhythm. Absolutely. And then once you're down, trying to get that started back up is is nearly impossible. So another, another disappointing finish to the season. Shout out to them, though, man. Yeah. They'll be back then. Yeah, well, that quarterback for sure will be back. So mm-hmm. now they just need to make sure they got the, enough pieces around them. And, you know, obviously he'll learn from and he'll grow from this. Okay. Last team, last Tampa Bay area team that is still kicking and screaming. They've got a great matchup. It's going to be Berkeley Prep. So Berkeley Prep hosted Lakeland Christian. We didn't know anything about Lakeland Christian, so we were like, we're cool on that. It ended up being a blowout again. It's in Lakeland, right? <laughs> just, just making sure. I'm I'm pretty sure Berkeley's in Berkeley. Not Tampa. Just a, a separate city. Yeah. yeah. Berkeley's not in Tampa, but Lakeland Christian is in Lakeland. <laughs> might that, that one actually might be in Lake Gibson for real. Not on the outskirts. That one's in Lake Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Definitely Lake Gibson. Berkeley Prep got a 42 to 14 win over Lakeland Christian. We don't know anything about Lakeland Christian. But they will be playing Shamana Madonna out of South Florida in the state championship. Now, if you don't remember, Shamana Madonna was the team that Lakewood traveled to play earlier this year and got manhandled. So how will Berkeley prep fare fare against this Shamana Madonna team that also pumps out D1 talent almost yearly? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Just feed those two backs. Do, it, do what's been working all season. Oh, Berkeley Prep is not going to change their identity. Right. You're going to get a whole lot of Bates, a whole lot of Xavier Townsend. Yeah. So, Shout out to Xavier Townsend, uh, Vander Rose, and uh, Greg Gaines. They all went, played Little League together. It's kind of cool to see all three of them going to state. Yeah. That's dope. Now, that is really, really cool. And they've been kind of saying that this entire run, too. Yeah. 
about how all three of them are doing well, and like the picture is always on the the somebody said timeline. I hope the they three win of them it, in the little league standing next to each other. It's like it's pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be cool if all three of them win. They're all going to different colleges though, but they're pretty cool. All right, that's high school football. We good there? Yep, think so. All right, let's switch gears real quick. When you've been injured, you deserve help from an attorney that knows how to handle your injury claim. This is attorney Clinton Paris from the law office of Clinton Paris. For over a decade, I worked for insurance companies, and now I use that knowledge and experience to help people that have been injured. For a free consultation, call me, Attorney Clinton Paris, at 813-413-7924. That's 813-413-7924 or at parislawoffice.com. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Offices, Riverview. The Red Lady Rum Punch is Tampa Bay's Rum Punch, a premium blend of rum with island fruit juice and natural flavor. Perfect for any occasion, including just sipping on the beach. To find it near you, visit theredladypunch.com. Shake well, and please drink responsibly. Go Bulldogs! Yeah, Bulldogs! Not so fast, midget! Not so fast! It's a little different this week. (laughs) (laughs) That hits just a little bit different this week. Just right, actually. <laughs> I mean, man, this was supposed to this was supposed to be the year. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll come back to that. College football, that is our entrance for college football. We did a pick'em this week. We'll go through the pick'em. We will talk about the other games. There weren't a ton of games. It was conference championship weekend anyway. So there's only really a handful of games. We'll go through those real quick. There was some coaching carousel stuff that took place. Wink, wink. Some coaching highs that took place. Good. Oh, oh, I'm I'm, I'm doing all right. Are you parched? (laughs) I might be. Let me take a little sip. That red lady? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good right there. Here's the spot every time. All right, man. Okay. So we got Piggum. We'll talk about the college coaching carousel that is still ongoing. I alluded to it last week that there may be more activity. And there was absolutely more activity. Two really, really big hires. So we'll get to that. Let's start with the Pick'em first. To, as always, I chose five games that stood out to me. Try to avoid the games where I feel like everybody's going to pick the same team. Try to make it, you know, a tough decision. Limited on options this week. So the ones I landed on, the very first game was the Big 12 championship game where you had number nine Baylor playing number five Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State came into this game a seven-point favorite, which may have been a little bit surprising to some folks, but you know, if you listen to this show, I had kind of been bigging up Oklahoma State. They just knocked off Oklahoma the week before, coming in feeling pretty good. Now, Baylor had also recently beat Oklahoma, so that wasn't the end-all, be-all, but as the season has gone, you know, Oklahoma State looked a little bit better. They're sitting at number five, trying to get an opportunity into the playoff. They just need to beat Baylor. Well, didn't do it. Baylor was able to get a 21-16 victory, a literally last-second play. Oklahoma State had eight plays from the one-yard line in that fourth quarter and could not get a touchdown. That is just demoralizing. Absolutely demoralizing. If you're an offensive lineman on that team, you feel like wolf. And, and the reputation of them of past years, you would think that's an easy touchdown. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. 
You would think. And it was not. Baylor stood up. But again, Dave Aranda, Baylor, I said, like, why aren't teams looking to poach Dave Aranda from Baylor? You know that defense is going to be legit. He did in the SEC for years. And he's still doing it. Oh, so didn't you call them comeback team of the year? Baylor? I don't think no, so. no. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face of bewilderment. Why do I feel like you you, you either sent that to the group or no, maybe I, you posted I would, that on? No, I wouldn't have picked Baylor. <laughs> no, this, this is like legit. Just over the weekend, like you sent that. All right, never mind. I guess not. It wasn't me, boss. <laughs> okay. As far as the picks went, me and Unk chose Oklahoma State. Yeah. Pump, you were the only one who took the Baylor Bears. Bears. Okay. Well, you went on that one. Second pick was the Sun Belt Conference Championship game. It was Appalachian State versus number 24, Louisiana. And their coach, who was on his way out, Mr. Billy Napier, who was headed to the University of Gainesville. University of, future University of Gainesville coach Billy Napier was able to get a 24-16 victory over Appetizer State. As far as who picked who, me and Unc, again, chose Appetizer State. I definitely thought those kids would be distracted. Head coach is on his way out. Me too. Like, you know, there's just so much other stuff going on. Like, Appetizer State, they're always well coached. They're a solid team. And no, Pump, you're the only one. You chose hot sauce. Hot sauce? <laughs> Which was Louisiana. And you were correct, sir. The third game. Now, this is the big one. Oh, this is a big one. The SEC championship game. The University of Georgia Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Not so Not fast. Not so fast, midget. <laughs> Nick Saban was Lee Corso. Mm. Roll damn tide, baby. <laughs> Georgia came into this game a six and a half point favorite. Georgia was number one in the country, undefeated. Alabama was number three. Alabama has had a tumultuous season, we'll say. Struggled against Auburn. Struggled against LSU, struggled with Florida, lost to Texas A&M, your guy Jimbo, and Vegas said, hey. It's still Bama. We like Georgia, and that's what Saban said. Saban said, I'm still Saban. Bama's still Bama. Bama got a 41-24 victory, and they looked good doing it. Thoughts on that game, guys? Georgia... Their Achilles heel is still the same thing. Quarterback play. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it for me. Just quarterback play. Yeah. You always know they got the good running backs. Defense is going to be solid, although they gave up that much points. Mm-hmm. But if the defense can't feed off of what the offense is doing, they get out of hand fast. And that's what happened. Uh, Bama didn't make no mistakes. And pff, I'm a I'm a Jameson Williams fan, man. Man, imagine elite a, speed. Remember the fact that he came from Ohio State. He could have been playing with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Smith and Jigba. Imagine that wide receiver core with Jameson Williams still on that roster. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And they lost John Mechie during the game. John Mechie the third. They lost him during the game. Didn't matter. Plug and play. <laughs> Bam is the walking cheat code. They, they have. They just constantly just have way too much talent. It, it doesn't make any sense why, and they just have an amazing coaching staff. Yeah, the 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 talk of the game was Georgia's defense, and I think everybody forgot that you got to play offense too, mm-hmm. right? And Georgia's <laughs> offense 
you know, has not looked great this year. They've been able to, you know, just lean on teams and late in games. Now teams are weary and tired because they're tired of running to them big old Georgia old linemen. Well, Alabama's used to that. And Alabama was like, yeah, we don't care. You lean, mm-hmm. we'll lean too. And Georgia was not able to dominate. Alabama actually outrushed Georgia on less attempts. <laughs> <laughs> and if Georgia can't run the ball, Georgia's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Now, Brock Bowers, that tight end, the freshman tight end for Georgia, mm-hmm. they could build off of that. They got to find the right quarterback. Um, Pickens, he he came back, but he he didn't look himself. Yeah. So, And they didn't even try to get him the ball as much. So moving forward, you would hope playoff time, they they figure that part out. But head and shoulders, Bama's just elite Okay, in every yeah. position. Bama's Bama at, yeah. at Ty Rose. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay. Fourth game that we had in our pick number two, Michigan versus number 13, Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Final score was Michigan 42 to Iowa 3. Oh, Iowa, to a little bit. Yeah, Iowa never showed up, which again, we talked about Iowa weeks ago when they had won, you know, a nice big upset matchup and they were sitting real high in the rankings and we we're like, all right, this is really who Iowa is. And of course, they went on to lose some games. They had no business losing because Iowa was never that. And uh, Michigan reminded them this weekend. As far as how we picked on that game, we all took Michigan. So there's that. Smart money. Oh, as far as the last game, I was the only one that took the Bulldogs. I was very torn on that game because I've been saying, saving, saving. They're going to be ready. I did a, a Twitter poll and I took Bama in the Twitter poll. <laughs> <laughs> but in our pick em, I took Georgia. Interesting. I just, I just couldn't pick. I'm like, man, I feel like this might be the year Kirby can do it. Or, and more importantly, what I, and I've been saying this, if he was going to win one, this is the year to do it. You did, yeah. I've been saying that, and it does not look good for him all of a sudden. So, it's not that you're hurting for points in the pickums, anyways. Ah, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's over with. I'm, I'm not. S- I'm not giving him props though. Whatever. Sitting pretty. Whatever. <laughs> you you get the you get the numbers game every week. I get the pickums. All right. And I get the fantasy league. <laughs> to be, TBD. Not, it ain't over yet. Not really. Playoffs ain't started yet. Playoffs start this week. We'll see what's up. What do you do when it's winning time, Reggie Miller? I'm sitting pretty. We'll see. Right. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey got hurt again, of course. <laughs> I mean, and did the sun come up this morning? Stop it. <laughs> All right. Last game of the pick, ACC championship game. We had number 16, number 15, Pittsburgh, number 16, Wake Forest. Pittsburgh got a 45-21 to 21 victory. Really just proving what the committee had been saying all along when Wake Forest was undefeated. They're like, we don't really believe in Wake Forest. And they were right. There's no reason to really believe in Wake Forest. I was kind of buying a little bit. Was Tim Duncan walking through that door? Well, that's basketball. Exactly. <laughs> it's Wake Forest football. Chris Paul? Fair enough. Okay, well. Yeah, that was it. As far as the picks went, we all took pit. What do you think about that fake slide? I thought it was trash. All right. All right. Yeah, go ahead. No. The ball should have been dead at the spot that you attempted the slide. Because if the defender would have launched and got a target in, he would have been out the game. So they put so much flack about defenders changing the trajectory of their body in midair. Mm-hmm. But you you go out there and do a fake slide and scoot for a touchdown. That's pretty trash. They got to add a rule. No fake slides. I'm cool with it. You Wait, cool what? with the fake slide? Yep. 
No, that's nah, not, no, 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 no. So no, what I, is I, a dis- what is a defender supposed so, to do? So I, I, I think I think my only reasoning for being cool with it is because of how trash it actually is, right? Because if now all of a sudden you have these people like you, you're everywhere you go, they're trying to de- to protect the quarterback, even in situations where you don't need to. At that point, he's a runner, right? If he gets knocked out, he gets knocked out. I don't really care. You put yourself out there. So now all of a sudden you change these rules to protect these guys. And now when they start taking advantage of it in that way, hopefully it would actually force them. Because up to this point, they've never been forced to change any of these rules or even look at it weird. And now hopefully if, if, if enough people are, are mad about that play, then maybe it'll make them look at it. Because if not, you're going to keep on protecting these quarterbacks and the game just is weird. I get that view. So I'm, so I'm cool with it. I'm not with but it. But you're not actually cool with it. You just want the committee or to look bad. I want the oh, rules committee yeah. to look bad so you can at least say, okay, we got to figure something about this and targeting. Like, look at the whole thing. Because if they're going to keep on getting away with that, then you're just bastardizing the game at this point. No, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence with that rule. Like, quarterback gave himself up. He slid. I don't, I don't believe in the whole, the quarterback dives head first. He gave himself up. Does anybody else give themselves up when they dive head first? Like that's the dumbest I, thing. I mean, to be to be fair, he didn't really slide. He, I see where he on, went. No, the he defender clear, slowed he up. Clearly he's like, right, acted he, like he was I about get it. to slide. He went with yeah. he went with the dead leg, but to me, that's no different than a, a quarterback is running towards the sideline oh. and nah, then man. tries to get those extra couple yards. Nah, punk. we've we've seen we've seen uh, defenders now. If you're if you got the angle. And the quarterback is there. You see the defender instantly slowing down. But, but, but he Lamar will make turns sure he up, goes out. Man, Lamar ain't out here fake sliding. Well, no, no, no. they will make sure that. if you got the sideline to your advantage, they mm-hmm. make sure the quarterback goes out. Now maybe he sticks his arm out and he gets an extra yard or whatever like that. They're not gonna light him up. No, right. but they make sure he goes out of bounds. In that situation, mm-hmm. there's nothing a defender can do. You're absolutely right. Because if that guy, if the guy actually slides mm-hmm. and you hit him. But well, now it's roughing, or it's unnecessary roughness. One hundred percent. So or again, you hit him in the head is targeting. Mm-hmm. So so change. Nah. The, so again, change the rule. No, they 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 need to change the rule. In my opinion, it needs to be if you start. It's almost like a balk. Mm-hmm. It's like the football version of balking to me. And at that if point, you start the slide motion. Play's done. And at that point, find some way to now penalize the quarterback. Sure, I'm with that too. If he do, if he acts like he's going to slide yeah. and it doesn't, oh yeah, flag throwing yeah. it. And that could change the game because no one's going to pull up anymore. And people really going to start getting hurt. Or the next time he's out somewhere, somebody going to light him up. Right. <laughs> which he's going to the NFL anyway, but somebody's going to light him up. Yeah. Okay. That's it for the games. Pump, before we get into the coaching carousel, you yeah. feel very, very strongly about the college football layout. So what happened was Alabama was sitting at number three. They beat number one Georgia. Mm-hmm. College football playoff committee has put Alabama at number one. They put Michigan at number two, so Michigan stayed where they were. They dropped Georgia to number three, so really they swapped. They swapped Alabama and Georgia. Georgia's now at number three. Cincinnati stays at number four. They got a, a AAC championship win, 35-20 over Houston. They stay at number four, so you got a matchup of Alabama-Michigan, and you've got an, a matchup of, no, Alabama-Cincinnati, excuse me, and you've got a matchup of Michigan and Georgia. You felt very strongly about this. You think they got it wrong. Absolutely. Um, you know, I like numbers. So 17 is my magic number for the week. Ooh, I like this. All right. 17 is the total combined points that Alabama beat 
Florida, LSU, Arkansas, and Auburn by this year. Not a lot. That's not a lot. And we're talking about teams who are Arkansas is somehow ranked number 21, which, you know, by me means nothing. Auburn is not good. Florida somehow was ranked number 11, I guess, when you beat Florida State. That boosts you up high, I guess, because they're not good either. Nope. And neither is Texas A&M. So at this point, I'm looking at your resume. I'm looking at what you've done. So if we're going off of your whole body of work, which it seems the committee likes to do, which losses are good losses, which losses are bad losses, which wins mean more now at the end of the season. Oh, well, you beat Georgia, you beat Florida, and you beat Arkansas, who are all ranked. All right. But you can say the exact same thing about Michigan, who, if you're talking about the last game of the season, who dominated even more? Michigan completely dominated Iowa. I get that it's Iowa, but isn't Iowa in a championship game? There was air quotes on that Iowa. For yeah. the folks who can't see you. So, but but the point is, they're playing Context. for a champ. But they're playing for a championship, right? Yeah. I mean, so, Lake Forest played for a championship. Okay. So they made it. They played who they played. They beat who they needed to beat, and they're there. So now, why are we dismissing teams for one team, but we're not dismissing teams for another team? simply because it's Alabama. And again, I get it. We talked about this before. We knew Bama was going to get preferential treatment because that's what Bama always gets. Bama's losses don't count. They don't count. But why is their win and even their body of work better than what Michigan has done to the point they can jump? Because their losses don't count. So you only look at the wins. Well, to counteract that, (laughs) I could throw a number out too. 14. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what Michigan beat uh, Penn State, Nebraska. And uh, Rutgers by. Okay. So, wow. Look, I like this. And if you add Michigan State into that, that's 16. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? So, They're fighting with Rutgers, Rutgers mm-hmm. on rank, fighting with Penn State, who was on ranked. Mm-hmm. So then let me throw an 11. That's how much they that Bama lost to TAMU by. So really, their point differential to all these really bad teams is a plus five. And that puts them head and shoulders over Michigan? Wasn't Texas A&M ranked at the time? Oh, so we're doing that? No, I'm just saying, none of these teams that Michigan fought with. Because wasn't Iowa number two in the country at one point? Was that a... Come on, man. Was that? Uh, hold on. Was it or was it not? Were, they, were, they, were, were they, they were. Okay, so TAMU, I think, was top 10 in the country at one point. Do we, do we look at that as legitimate? I think Bama is where they need to be because of how they handled... They're Georgia. where they need to be because they want Georgia and Bama to play in the in the championship. Oh yeah. Game. Oh. So at that, again, we know at that, that point, what still? If I'm if I'm a Michigan person, I don't think that's very fair to me. I should be the number one ranked team in the country. Um, I, I get what you're saying, but if you're gonna give one person an easier path, because you're assuming that Cincy is the easier path, right? So one plays four, two plays three, right? Is Cincy four? Yeah. So if I'm Michigan, I want Cincy. I want yes. I want a, I want my ticket to be easier punch to the championship. Yep. But now they're not doing that. Nope. So why should I have to play Georgia or Bama? Why do they get to jump me and our records are almost the same? So do you think Michigan is actually better than Bama? That's not the point. No, I'm asking you though. I think that they, I think that at this point they're equal. And if they're equal, they shouldn't jump me. If they're equal, then I'm I'm putting the defending but, national champion no, if, ahead if, of you. If we're equal, because they haven't. If we're equal, and I came into this game two, and I'm at three, right, right. If I have ten dollars and you got eight, <laughs> and you get ten dollars and I get ten dollars, that's equal, right? 
I still got more money than you. <laughs> There's no reason you should be over me. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's trash. It is trash. And like we've said off air, we know that ESPN owns but, the SEC. But and- do you actually think Alabama's resume this season is better than Michigan's? But you're, you're talking like Michigan's resume was just fault. They just ran through competition. Oh, oh no, no, I'm not. You shouldn't I'm, be fighting with Rutgers. You should like Penn State wasn't ranked when but, they played. But that's my point. The, the, to me, all you're doing is switching out Rutgers with Auburn. All you're doing is switching out Penn State with TAMU. All you're doing is switching out these teams and it's the exact same season. So what's different? You're just saying that Michigan lost better. No, I'm saying they've done the exact same thing. And lost better. No, they they lost, period. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> so my point is there's no reason at this point, at the end of the season, if one is ranked two and one's ranked three, because you can't have a tie at two. Right. If Michigan is two coming into that into championship weekend and Bama's three, nothing that they have done up until that point. They beat the better team. Uh, Michigan beat Iowa. Bama beat Georgia. <laughs> and they handled them. And everybody was Wait, talk, everybody was saying that Georgia was unbeatable it, the if, entire season. If Georgia, if, if Bama won that game by what, four, was it 14 points, 17 points? Didn't Michigan just win by 30-something? So who handled who worse? And, and, and if your reason is only because, oh, well, it's Iowa again, that, that's what we're going to do? Yes. <laughs> All right. It's college football in a nutshell. No, that's garbage. It's nice just sitting back and watching y'all go back and forth. That's garbage. You you know you shouldn't co-sign that garbage. Come on, man. We're talk- I, it's Iowa. Why do I want to see? I, I, Let's be honest. The committee was not going to immediately make Georgia and Bama play again. They just aren't. They're not going to. Whether they actually want those teams in the national championship mm-hmm. or not, that is, is, it's a bad draw from a... A viewership standpoint. I'm not Literally. disagreeing with you. I'm just not trying not. to make an argument for Bama. I hear, I hear you. I guess it, I guess at this point, it seems like the, you know, we were all really happy to get rid of the computers and have a, you know, a, a human committee, right? Mm-hmm. But at this point, if you're not going to either expand the committee, what they've shown this season, they tried so hard not to even let Cincinnati go to this playoff. That was obvious. They tried so hard to keep Cincinnati out. And Cincinnati just kept winning. And certain people behind them kept losing. So it's like, all right, okay, we we couldn't get that right. So, yeah, let's figure out a way to make sure the two teams everybody wants to see get there. And that's that's cornball. And I think if Notre Dame was in an actual conference and they won. They would have found a way to bounce Cincy and put Notre Dame in there. I don't want to see that either. The only reason I'm going to say no on that, which actually kind of segues into the next part, they lost their head coach. I think Notre Dame losing their head coach absolutely mm-hmm. factored in. Now, whether it should or shouldn't, mm-hmm. it absolutely would have factored no in. Sense. It's just like if it's a good example in these teams. If Desmond Ritter got hurt in the AAC championship game for Cincinnati, they're not putting him in there. Because Desmond Ritter is the begin and end of that offense success for Cincinnati. You don't want to see Cincinnati without Ritter playing against an Alabama. You just don't. It's, it, it, it doesn't look good for anybody. So, honestly, I feel like that act, that went into the factoring that Notre Dame just lost their head coach. Mm-hmm. Committee's like, we don't know what Notre Dame we're going to get. So, you know what? Fine. To your point. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. All right. You know what, Cincinnati? Get in. 
We're going to make you play Alabama, who we're all banging is going to blow you out. And now you G5 teams can stop crying. Because you got a chance to get in there. You got greased up. Mm-hmm. Stop. This is why we don't let you in in the first place. At this I point, think there's also an opportunity for the committee to send a message. At this point, just give me a computer-generated playoff. Yes, we agreed on that. Give me Let the, let the BCS choose the four playoff teams. Yep. So it's basically the committee committee pulled on a Nick Saban. Don't ask me again about it. Yep. <laughs> yes, pretty much. We gave you a chance to play. <laughs> so quit asking. And, and the funny thing is, I would love to see, like right now, if we, I, I know we could probably find one, some BCS generator. If we could plug in the same teams that just played for the same the same schedule, I guarantee you Michigan's still number one. It's probably out there. Because you, back in the day, if you win, you keep playing. It's probably out there. You probably can find one. Somebody's doing it, I'm sure. Somebody's got the algorithm and they're doing it. Not to go down a wormhole, because I know you want to talk about bigger and better things. <laughs> but there's talks of expanding the playoffs. Do, do we just want to, I know we've talked about it before. Do we just want to go back to the BCS or will expanding it to 12 teams make a difference? Not if you have humans picking it. It's still going to be humans picking it. It's always, it. okay. They're going to expand it. it. It's pretty much a more, from what I've heard, it's more a matter of when as opposed to if it's going to happen it's still going to be the same bias, right? I mean, so now instead of two SEC teams, now they find a way to put a third one in there, mm-hmm. right? It, it, the bias isn't going to go away. So, But maybe now a G5 team more readily gets mm-hmm. in, right? Maybe Cincinnati doesn't have to go two years of being undefeated. Maybe they can just go one year of being undefeated. I feel, I feel at that point they find ways to now sneak in Lincoln Riley into the playoffs oh, earlier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think those G5s are guaranteed at least one slot. No. I'm, I don't think anybody's going to be guaranteed a slot. I, if, I don't if, think if they go undefeated, I think you okay. it would yeah. You get one slot. The rest is for the field. I would say, even if because in a normal year, because Cincinnati schedule, I don't know if they were able to manipulate it this year or if this schedule was already set in stone. They had certain games that they needed to play and win to give them a strong enough argument. Biggest one being going into South Bend, Indiana and mm-hmm. beating Notre Dame. In a normal year, Cincinnati's not playing at Notre Dame. Maybe Notre Dame isn't top 10 if they are playing them. And then they probably still don't get in, even though they're undefeated. Because they'll say, well, who did you beat? Mm-hmm. Who did you play? What is your strength of schedule? What is your marquee win? And so at that point, you still might have seen somebody else get in over them, even though they were undefeated. Gotcha. So they're going to have to continue to schedule. Like, so UCF is now putting a two and one with Florida, right? So in that year, if they're undefeated and Florida's ranked, they win that game. All right, maybe now that year, they've got enough to get in in an expanded playoff. But in a normal year, they beat up on Tulane and Tulsa. I can still see them getting, you know, left out. All right. Okay. So tease it on the front. We had two coaching hires, three coaching hires, because I don't want to, I don't want to breeze over it. Marcus Freeman has grinded his way up. He left Louisiana State University, oddly enough. Left Louisiana State University, go take the defensive coordinator job at Notre Dame. Brian Kelly has now taken the head coaching job at Louisiana State University. He tried to get Marcus to go with him. Marcus says, huh, I'm cool. Why is that, Marcus? Oh, Notre Dame's going to make me the head coach. Shout out to him. He has earned it. He was a heralded defensive coordinator, a, a young mind that everybody liked. He has now earned an opportunity to coach at one of the most prestigious football programs in the country. Yeah. Big yeah. ups to him. Big ups. It was a good play by Notre Dame. They 
could keep some recruits, not lose everybody. So smart play as well. Mm-hmm. Did you guys get to see that video of him like coming into? I think it was like a like a wherever they work out or something like that, and all the players are there. That was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see. Like, that was a great the, way to the start. Players were like fired up to see this man. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they probably like him better than Brian Kelly anyway. Well, so doing that right <laughs> on the hunch. heels mm-hmm. of Brian Kelly's like two minute me- team meeting, telling them he was going to Louisiana State after the world already knew. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm pretty sure it hit a little bit harder having Marcus stick around and be the guy. Great transition. Yeah. So, shout out to him. And, you know, I, no, I was going to say I hope he does well, but I I don't. I hate Notre Dame. So, never mind. I guess we know. Just be honest about it. Yeah, I am. I can't, I can't, I can't fake on that one. I hate Notre Dame. There was another really big hire, that guy who has been at a program, another defensive coordinator, has been a stalwart at a certain program that has found enormous success. They've won two national titles in the last five years, if my numbers are still correct. I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I'm going off the dome on this one. Brent Venables, who has helped build the monster that is Clemson. Get him out of there. He is gone. So last week, we talked about Lincoln Riley, former head coach at Oklahoma. He leaves, goes to USC. Brent Venables is headed back to Oklahoma. Did you guys know he used to be at Oklahoma? Yeah. I think Gerald McCoy, I, I found out when Gerald McCoy posted a picture of him <laughs> saying, welcome home, welcome back. That's where he made his bones at. Yeah. He was the defensive coordinator when they won their last natty. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anytime I hear Gerald McCoy, I think about his Popeye's commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, just go find it. And it's like when he's talking about the biscuits, he's like, mm, and then biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> just, just go find it one day. Super random. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, Brent Venables headed back to Oklahoma, heralded for his recruiting. <clears throat> Again, his defensive mind. People, we've been asking for years, like, when is Brent going to leave? And apparently, this was the job he was waiting for. I think I even said it last week. He accepted the role of a of coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we thought. A week later. Apparently he was just waiting for this job. Yeah. When you when you said that too, I was like the the first thing that popped into my head was um Mickey Andrews. Like Mickey probably could have gotten himself a head coaching job somewhere during that run with Bobby Bowden. Yeah. And he just never did. Like you see Bobby, you see Mickey. And I thought it was gonna be the same thing in Clemson, but I do think he's going to have the same career as Dan Mullen. I don't think he's a head coach. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think he, he could run a, a team. He's a great coordinator. Oh. I, I think his ability to recruit will help him a lot more because, you know, again, I guess what Dan was giving up, them hot boxes. One <laughs> <laughs> <More> crossbows. <laughs> I'm, I'm also interested to see what he does against – the teams and talent and coaching that he's about to go up against. Like that's, that's pressure. You like, you, you jumping right into the fire. You know, it's funny. Slowly is the big 12 about to come like a, a defensive league. You got David Randall down at Baylor. I don't like it. Who was one of the best defensive coordinators, you know, at the time. Baylor's defense is now elite. And now you got Brent Venables going to Oklahoma. Don't like it. <laughs> Why don't you like it? Just used to high-powered offense. Hell? Yeah. You're 40 to 45 games. <laughs> well, 
and and Brent is going to be going to the SEC pretty mm-hmm. soon. So talk about somebody who has been there, done that. I, I don't think Brent is like losing sleep over playing against SEC teams. He's done it. I'm with you. He's beat him. What does this mean for Clemson? <laughs> is I'm it, glad is you it, asked. Can, can Dabble keep it together? They are in shambles. So Brent is gone, like officially. Brent is gone. I've seen Brent in Zooms with recruits. Brent had a photo shoot today. Brent is like done and done. First of all, he looks like a like a vampire, though. I, that man needs some sleep or something. He looks racist. <laughs> oh, goodness. I meant, I, meant to text, I meant to text y'all that. Yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> is it just me? It might be. I don't get racist from Brent. I mean, you never know. I mean, you can never really know until you know. Didn't he look like the guy from Life, the the uh, cop that sent him to jail? <laughs> Is it just me? I gotta see it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta pull that. All right, up, pull man. that up. Okay, my bad. All right. Anyway, Brent's going to Oklahoma. That is a done deal. Now, Clemson's longtime offensive coordinator, right? And somebody, somebody made the argument on there. Apparently, he does because Pump has pulled it up and I can't, it's dying. I laughing. can't unsee it. Now, now you can't not see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'm sorry. So keep, my it, bad. keep it together. So Brent is now gone. Clemson has been selling this family to recruits for years, right? Coaches don't leave. He's he's been the anti-Bama. Where every year, Bama's replacing their whole staff. Clemson has been the absolute opposite, and Dabo has used that in recruiting. My coordinators ain't leaving. We're a family. We're all going to be here. Now, Brent's gone. Now, he lost Jeff Scott a couple seasons ago who went to USF. But Jeff Scott wasn't the actual offensive coordinator. Really, Tony Elliott. Yep. Tony Elliott is expected to take the Duke head coaching job. So... He could be losing his defensive coordinator, his offensive coordinator, and just for a cherry on the top, Dan Radakovic, the athletic director, former Miami Hurricane, is rumored to be taking the athletic director job at Miami for $3 million a year, which would make him the highest paid AD in the country. Like the segue. That's actually that was solid. Well, it is, but I, I I'm not done with Clemson because oh. I really want to see Dave Sweat. Let me just say it. I want to see Dave Sweat. He's one of those people to me who has forgotten where he came from. Entitlement. He has completely forgotten that, dude, you are a nobody. And you were able to turn around. So kudos to you. You were able to build a, a dominant program, a juggernaut of a program. You gotta stay humble. What what did LeBron tell Cameron Payne? All right, no. You, <laughs> you was home. You was home last year. <laughs> See, so he's completely forgotten that dude. You were six and six in your third season. Yo, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you because he went out last last year and called out Florida State, and mm-hmm. he said, "What they have three, four coaches in the last couple of years." Like he he's just taking shot at these programs that built the conference. Like sometimes when you you got to respect <clears throat> the OGs. Right. And Dabo, he just came, he just act like it's his conference. You yes. don't respect nobody. And what you put out, you'll get back. Yeah. And yep. it's it's starting to come back to him. Yeah. Tenfold. I, I think he's about to be in trouble. For the very first time, he's actually going to have to go out and replace mm-hmm. his recording. Let's Work. be honest. Dabo don't call no plays. 
He don't recruit not, that well either. He himself, I don't think he himself is a great recruiter. I think he, you know, he does enough to try and get by. But I think, honestly, like, personality-wise, it's not too different than Dan Mullen. It's kind of quirky, kind of awkward. But... Dickery, dickery, doc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wearing gloves in a TikTok yeah. video. Dude, he, I think he's, he's a weirdo, to yeah. be honest. But I hope he sweats, and I hope he, I hope he gets a nice big serve in a humble pie. I'm with that. Because how are you gonna go hire coordinators without a, without an AD? Yeah, and now it's coming because I, he honestly thought that he was probably ACC Saban. Yeah, like like Saban can lose coordinators, he can lose <laughs> coaches. All right, Clemson ain't Bama though. Mm-mm. And when y'all get done, you are gonna come right back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 licking my chops right now. I'm happy. I'm so happy. I'm with it. And if he was humble, I have nothing against Clemson. Mm-mm. And I'll say he did us a favor. He got Al Golden fired. Clemson's a great school. <laughs> got but, great, great fan base. But he he makes them. He's a bag. Right. He makes them not likable. Mm-hmm. He makes it where you can't cheer for them. So hope he sweats. And, you know, hopefully they can stop stealing recruits out of the state of Florida. Hello. Yep. Now that is a segue. There it is. <laughs> I like the other one better. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I I really have much of a choice at this point. I think we, we're kind of done with, with the Dabo talk. That's cool. I'm done with Dabo anyway. So the thing in this coaching carousel has been schools taking coaches from other quote-unquote blue blood programs, essentially proven commodities. A lot of times when a school is looking to hire a new head coach, you go to G5 route, young, hot coordinators, that kind of stuff. Well, the wave has been I'm actually going to go take a coach that is already showing some success. Well, I mentioned to you guys some time ago, I first started hearing the rumors about this probably about a month ago, that Miami was going to make a serious run at getting head coach of the Oregon Ducks, Mario Cristobal. And for the vast majority of people, and I don't know if it was you guys specifically, I think Pump, you've kind of already owned the fact that you shot it down. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people I mentioned this to, they were like, no, they can't do it. Miami, Miami can't. Not that Miami won't. Miami can't do it. Is, am, I, am I representing that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, I own that. Okay. <clears throat> but Miami did it. <laughs> they literally went out and did it. And my argument at the time was, this is, to me is one of those things that epitomizes. And you, if you watch Miami football or been anything around it long enough, there's a saying that says, it's a Kane's thing you just wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. And I can understand why people of opposing fan bases don't get what that means. Like Miami hurricane football over the years has always been this, this family type mentality because a lot of those kids were all from Miami. Mm -hmm. They felt like, Hey, we all come from the same circumstances, same environment. We're all trying to get to the same place. And it built a brotherhood, a camaraderie amongst the alumni and the, and the, and the players. Mario Cristobal won a national championship at Miami. He was there late 80s. He left in the early 90s. And, you know, after a very, very quick stint trying to play ball, he came back. He joined the Miami football staff, started his coaching career there. So he played, he grew up in the city of Miami, went to Columbus High School, started coaching at Miami. He goes, he takes the FIU job, fails. FIU, the FIU job is a very difficult job. He fails, gets fired, licks his, you know, licks his wounds, goes, joins somebody's staff, ends up at Alabama coaching offensive line and propels that into a job under Willie Taggart at Oregon. 
When he Taggart leaves to go to Florida State, he gets the Oregon job. Four years at Oregon, he's going to three straight Pac-12 championship games, won two of them. He lost his past one on Friday. And now he's going to be the head coach of Miami football. The question I've been getting, I'm, I'm kind of random. You guys, you guys want to jump in with questions or you want me to just get this ran out? All right, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. The floor is yours. That's a nice little resume you gave there. Look, I, I know my guys, man. I, I know you do. So the question I've been getting about this is, well, how do you feel about it? And my answer is, I feel good about Mario. I feel great about what this means. Go ahead. Which is why, since you walked in, I keep saying... I don't like it. <laughs> Go ahead. Why don't you like it? As you as you're given his resume and what you said about you know the whole saying it's a Kane's thing, like, I actually understand wholeheartedly what that means, and I think that's simply just off the strength of the rivalry that our favorite schools have with each other, right? Yeah. And the conversations that we've had over and over about what that rivalry actually represented. Back in the day, when you see guys now, you see Ed Reed's like 85 years old, still hype. Mm-hmm. Michael Irvin still to this day gets pissed if he sees guys <laughs> not playing, right? Like Ray it, Lewis. Yeah, it yeah. means something more to them. Like that wasn't just football. Like that was that was life. That is a part of their life. That is their legacy. That is our history. That is in me. You cut me, orange comes out this side, green comes out that side. Yeah. And I think that what I think that what Cristobal might have compared to everybody else, Manny Diaz, is he actually knows what he's doing mm-hmm. at a much higher level. And the fact that he's been able to do it with a program like Oregon, that says a lot. And if he has any ability to get whatever that is to be from Miami, to be back in Miami, to play for Miami, now to coach Miami. It terrifies me that Miami might be good again, because when because whenever you say like, like as you spilled that out, I can't think of one person outside of Mark Rick who actually didn't Mark Rick go to Miami. Yeah, he played at Miami, right? He quarterback. So I'm I'm trying to think of somebody that's you know from from our legacy from our timeline that's like that that at some point he's going to come back to Florida State. Besides Dion, yeah, you would think Dion, but nobody else. I can't or think of T Buck, but so I can't think of that guy. So I see that Miami has laid down a foundation to get themselves back to where they believe they should be, and if they start believing it's where they should be, because Miami's pretty much been it's, it's us f the rest of y'all. Right. If they get that mentality back, that's great for college football. It's not so good for my boys in Tallahassee. And I'm with you. I'm with you on. Just so I don't the, like se- it. The, the selfish side of it. I don't Absolutely. like it because I'm a Florida State fan, but it makes for a good ACC championship every mm-hmm. year because Clemson, we don't know what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. So I don't like it as a Florida State fan, but the move itself for Miami is a great it's move. It's a, it's, I'm not going to say a home run, but it's, it's a really great move. Not only is he a Miami guy, he's not coming from Oregon trying to, make connections he's already got connections in Miami um he run he's a CEO essentially a a CEO coach he's and it seems like Miami's opened up their pocketbooks to go get whoever and however many coaches they need to fill their staff up and it starts at the top you've always said it you got to fire the AD and get the right AD in place who is another Miami guy (laughs) 
disgusting. And the thing I like about Crystal Ball, though, he's a hell of a recruiter. Um, just to list a few names that he's recruited from Bama. <laughs> Alex Leatherwood, first-round pick. Cam Robinson, first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley, first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Tua Tungle-Vailoa, first-round pick. Minka Fitzpatrick, first-round pick. Jerry mm-hmm. Judy. So he's going to get guys, and he doesn't have to go far to get them. So that's the scary part of things. Now, it's, it's all about building right now. You're not going to win this recruiting class. You could chalk it up. You could do whatever you can to salvage some guys, but he's going to hit the ground running on a recruiting trail, and I'm excited to see, like, the coaching staff he builds. And that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what's the next move? Who's, who's the, who are the coordinators that you think he should go after? I haven't Ed had a- Reed, Ray Lewis, <laughs> nah, that's not smart. Michael Irvin, <laughs> that's not smart. Uh, uh, Reggie Wayne, Santana Moss, <laughs> Jeremy Shockey. Come on, no, Greg, Greg Olson up there. That's you just ready? chaos. <laughs> I haven't I haven't had an opportunity to look at who I want for the coordinator spots. There are some names I've heard. So. Again, this really is, I've really learned a lot through this whole process. So one of the names that is already being thrown out is Joe Brady. He's Mm. from Miami. I actually didn't know that. I learned that today. Joe Brady's from Miami. Just got fired by the Panthers. He was the quote-unquote mind behind that 2019 LSU offense that broke records. Apparently he's from Miami. Who knows? And apparently there's, there's mutual interest. I've heard some other names. Graham Harrell has been thrown out there. You guys remember him from his Texas Tech days. Oh, record breaker. Yep. Um, people have thrown out, I'm not a fan of it, Ken Dorsey, who actually has been mm-hmm. coaching for years now. I don't want Ken Dorsey running my offense. He's never been a, a, a true OC yet. Not interested. There are some names, obviously, people throw out. Uh, Herman. Must, must, must champ for DC. Tom Herman apparently is being rumored for an analyst job. Because, again, to the point you made, and that's really what I'm, I'm most excited about. Again, I feel good about Mario. I feel great about what this means. It means that Miami, for the first time ever, is actually going to try to make football good. And I don't, I don't think many people in the country realize that, but Miami has always had this football can eat what it kills mentality. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you make it, you can spend it. If you don't make it, you ain't getting it. As opposed to a school like Alabama where school of business, school of law, all these other programs at the school that generate money, they're taking a percentage of that money and putting it to football. Because Tad wasn't doing y'all no favors for years. No. And Donna Shalala didn't care at all about football. She really did not like it at all. Didn't care about it. So for the first time, the leadership at the school has said, you know, we want football to be good. I've said it multiple times. You get that. You get that job at Oklahoma, they say, hey, how you doing? Welcome to Oklahoma. Make sure football's good. Mm-hmm. You get that job at Alabama, welcome to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Nice to have you. There's some sweet tea over there and, you know, some snacks. Oh, and when you're done with that, go make sure football stays good. Right. Georgia, same thing. For the first time, Miami's actually going to say, hey, go make football good. Which, which always blows my mind because it's like the, just like the, the, the change that, I've seen just from when I was at Florida State to now. Florida State's a great school. They, mm-hmm. they bring money in from tons of different places. But that 2013, 2014 money hurt. Yeah. And the complete rebranding of Florida State and the logo, that brought in millions. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen Miami's campus before football, 
and the little satellite schools. It's like, yeah, you, you do realize where this money came from. Mm-hmm. Just act like it. They did not, they did not, the administration prior did not want the bell cow of the school to be sports. <clears throat> it was always the U Health program. Donna Shalala decided that over 15 years ago that the medical program, U Health, would be what carried that university. Mm-hmm. And the business school, and you know, they got a law school that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And the U Health, and they and they put a lot of resources in the U Health, and it's done great. Last year, you the U Health. Generated $400 million. Nice. But football couldn't touch any of that money. Mm-hmm. And that, you have doesn't need $400 million. That was in one year, obviously COVID years, you have. So, but that, that program has been generating millions for years. Yeah. And they would never give any of that money to the football program. I'm, I'm curious, like, if, if you add on inflation, what the 80s and 90s hurricanes brought to that school. It would be, it would be great to see. I mean, but let's be honest. Football is what made Miami a national program. Yeah, yeah. Kids in California only know that Miami mm-hmm. University in Miami exists yeah. because of football. It's the only reason. Yeah. So finally, finally, so it, took, it took Cause, cause decades. Again, I've, I've never, I've, to this day, I still have never met a, a Miami fan that went there. It's a, it's a, a lot of people. Don't, a lot school. of people actually don't know that it's a private school. It's like their graduating class is like 10K or something like that. It's a small school. So... so no, go ahead. Go ahead. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited about that. And, you know, there's always been money around the school. There's always been this narrative that Miami's broke. School's broke. They can't afford big-time coaches. Come on, there's too much cocaine around there. Well, <laughs> aside from that, there's always been alumni who've done really, really well for themselves. And those are the people that are driving this. So the so Kirk Herbstreet, just a quick timeline. Kirk Herbstreet goes on game day, calls out Miami administration. I don't know if you guys remember that. You may have glossed over it. It's a whole big thing amongst Miami fans. Kirk Herbstreit went on a mini rant talking about how the Miami administration is completely blowing it. How they've got an opportunity to have a great program and storied. It's been great, and they're completely blowing it. So the president, Julio Frank, is he's Mexican. He was the Mexican like minister of medicine in Mexico. There's a lot of M's in that statement. And he hears that, and he's like, well, wait, what is he talking about? And then they start telling him, like, yeah, dude, like football's supposed to be good around here. He's like, wait, what? Where have you been? And he's like, oh, well, let's fix it. And so literally he starts trying to fix it. He's got two advisors. One of them actually used to work in the Bush administration. He was like a, an advisor to George Bush, which W or the, the last one. Okay. And so him and those two guys say, all right, we're going we're gonna to fix football. Mm-hmm. So they've already committed an extra 20 to $30 million a year. Then you've got these guys around. So Mario Cristobal has a relative through his wife, through marriage guy named John Ruiz, who's an attorney, who's about to be worth 20 plus billion. He's now involved in it. We've got Jorge Moss, who is a billionaire. He's involved in it. They all, he also went to Columbus High School, where Mario went to. And then the last guy is uh, Marcus Lamontis. I don't know if you know Marcus Lamontis from, I think, uh, CNBC. No? Uh, he's got a couple TV shows. He's got a new TV so show, The Great American Tip-Off. Pretty much. Okay. Three billionaires have decided Mario, we like Mario. We know him. He's our guy. We will make sure he gets everything else that right. he needs. So basically, we need to find us a Julio that'll start serving as camp. I don't think we got one. You guys do. I forget his name. You guys got a. We guys have a booster who's like crazy rich. But not we have the, a crazy rich booster. I forget his name though. I think he invented something. So now that Miami got what they've been asking for, what's the time frame for what? 
Winning. Winning championships? Just an ACC championship. Just get one to off. Get one on the board. Yeah, I would feel like it's just a return to relevant, like national relevancy. To be consistently a mm-hmm. top 15 program. I don't know if I want to do that. It has um, to be a time frame. There is. I don't know if I want to do that. All right. That's a very hard thing to do. He will be given time. They've already put out a statement that they're going to give him time. And Mario, he, and, and please don't take this the wrong way. He is, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Kirby Smart. He did similar to what Kirby did. And I've referenced this multiple times where he came and he said, if you want me, I need this list of things. And that's actually what took so long. So it seemed like it was a whole mess. And are they getting him or are they not getting him? They were, we were getting him. It was ironing out those extra details. He's like, if you guys really are going to be serious about this, I need these other things. And that's what they were ironing out. That's why it took so long. So it never was a mess. Like the media tried to make it out to be. It really wasn't. And Manny Diaz knew the entire time what was going on. I, I was going to ask you about that because I saw the statement that Manny, Manny Diaz put out. Um, and he said he wasn't aware of it. And that a lot of people involved were hurt by the situation because they were out recruiting and he wasn't aware that they were looking to go a different direction. So I made, I alluded to this off the air. You got to remember who Manny Diaz is. He's the son of the former mayor of the city of Miami, which is a really big city. And become a mayor of a city like Miami, you have to be extremely connected. There are a couple of really, really good friends of Manny Diaz Sr. who are on that board of trustees. And they are used to Miami being run a certain way. Board of Trustees signs off on every decision that's made. All things go through them. Julio Frank in this decision, in this path, cut them out. And they didn't like it. So, like, so as reports said, like, the Board of Trustees did not know he was going to fire the athletic director. Because they liked that guy. Blake James, he never caused waves. He did what they told him to do. He never really fought for a lot of things. He kind of just stayed out of the way. He kind of just did his job. But he was never going to push the envelope. That was part of the problem. So the bot was like, so the people who were cool with him, who picked him, wanted him to stay. When he got fired, they didn't know. They were blindsided. Julio was like, well, no. If I want to change it, it's going to be on the strength of me. He cut out the bot. And so the bot now has a problem. So like when the, the rumors start coming out, oh, Manny's going to be extended. Oh, we're close to extending Manny. It actually came from a few bot members, one particular, David Epstein, who's really, really tight with the Diaz family. And he was, so he now, he now no longer had any say, rich guy, used to being able to get his way. He was like, well, if y'all gonna cut me out, I'm gonna just muddy the waters. I'll start leaking information that we're gonna keep Manny. So now other coaches are like, well, why would I be interested? They about to extend Manny. That's what the media down there is saying. He just tried to muddy it up. So that's, and so, you know, that's actually two of my issues. Again, you gotta remember, Miami's a really, really big city. So anything that happens there for anything major, there's always gonna be politics in it. It actually brings to me my, I have two major concerns with Mario. One is the pressure of coaching at home. There's a lot of pressure with that, especially yeah. if this is the first time the university is going to open up the checkbook, they're going to pay you $8 million a year, 10 million, I mean, 10 years, ten 8 years. million. That's, that's more than twice the most we've ever paid anybody. Mark Rick got four. That was the most. We've now doubled that for you. And they're going to give you this huge staff. They've committed to these resources. And you're now playing at, you're coaching at home. There's pressure that goes with that. And you could set the university back because they probably won't open up that checkbook again. Because the next time they do it and they're like, hey, we need to spend money to win. It's like, well, we tried that and it didn't right, work. Right. I think the other issue I have is that people with money 
are going to push their own agendas. And it worked out good this time. Will it work out good next time? Or if Mario doesn't do well, will we ever be able to get rid of him? Mm. If there's a bot who's willing to muddy the waters to get rid of a coach who's averaging seven and five, imagine what these guys might do. We're trying to like, hey, Mario ain't it. And they're not really, they're not ready to let it go. It get messy. It could get way messy. We're yeah. talking about billionaires now. Like David Epstein's got money. He ain't got John Ruiz money. He ain't worth 20, 20 plus billion. So that's actually, I have those two worries about Mario. As far as recruiting, he's going to kill it. Kevin Coleman has already said that he's, he's willing to take a visit next weekend. Justin Flo is already being rumored to transfer from Oregon. And I was going to say, um, is it this weekend? or Yeah, this weekend would be big for him because I think recruits can actually take an official visit being that it's a new coach. So Correct. Every kid can revisit. Yeah, so if he's smart, he'll try to reach out. Just come take a visit and talk to me. Apparently, he's been on the phones all day. Our quarterback commit out of Georgia, Ja'Cory Brown, is going to visit this weekend. He's already locked up Wesley Bassaint, who just committed. He's already talked to all of our top targets. Kamari Rogers, top 24-7, cornerback out of Mississippi. He's already talked to him. He's already recruiting on Twitter for Mario. So Mario's going to recruit. Like everybody said, he is a tireless recruiter. You saw what he did. You already named some names at Bama. You saw what he did at Oregon, Justin Flo, Kayvon Thibodeau. He's going to recruit like crazy. I'm not worried about that. The big His, his success is going to hinge on his coordinators. Who can you go get to run your offense, run your defense? Because he don't do either. He's not a coordinator. And the budget's what, $25 million for coordinators? <laughs> the budget for coordinators is something crazy. I mean, yeah. you're going to make the AD the highest paid AD in the country. That means you're really going to throw some bread at coordinators. So we'll see. Huh? It's exciting to, to see them trying. All right, yeah. we talked about them enough. I'm happy for you. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. All right, that's it. I'm, we'll close I'm hurting. The book. NFL it is now. <laughs> up hey, get them shoulders up next man up next man up he gonna man. coach you through it too yeah. <laughs> now you did all right son next next time though extend that hand all right. what you want to do is <laughs> i hate this show all you right, guys are the worst let's close this thing out man the national football league can you say that if you haven't played why not? <laughs> what? You never noticed that? Like, ex-players, they never say NFL. They always say, you know, the National Football League, they always say that. Never noticed. Is it really? Yeah. It's like a thing? Yeah, it's like you got to say the whole name. Like a pimp named Slickback. I got to pay attention. Go check it out. Okay, Slickback. <laughs> it's a pimp named Slickback. <laughs> say the whole thing. All right. <clears throat> Overreactions and underreactions. Let's do it. The Chiefs will end up with the number one seed in the AFC. Not an overreaction or an overreaction? Overreaction. Hmm. Nope. Last week, I, I can't keep switching week to week. I mean, so Ravens didn't have a great game last week, but or this week, I still got the Ravens ahead of them, finishing ahead of them, and I'm going to jump on Unk's bandwagon. I think the Pats. Okay. Interesting. Uh, it's not an overreaction. 
Look at you. I'm still piggybacking off of last week. I switched, uh, even though I still believe in the Pats. I switched and said the Chiefs are the best team in the, in the AFC. And I'm sticking with it. And we, we're seeing that Lamar, he's not having his best spurt right now in the season. And he ain't got no weapons. Oh, true. And they lost their best corner to an ACL injury. Bro, I, you know what? I forgot about that. They did lose Marlon Humphrey. So I'm. you might want to jump off that bandwagon. Yeah, no Marcus Peters, no Marlon Humphrey for the rest of the season. Yeah. That's garb. Right. <clears throat> Tom Brady will win his fourth MVP this season. Not an overreaction. Sorry. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> jump on in there. Okay. It's it's really not that close to me. Maybe Jonathan Taylor's there, but it's got to be Tom. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's, he'll be close, but Tom is doing some crazy things. And at his age? Mm-hmm. Come on. Would he be the oldest MVP? I would assume so. Look, look at me, stat guy. I mean, I can pull it up. I mean, he's like, you have to pull it up he's, like second, a, but... he's like 51, right? So, yeah. Probably he's like 43. 51? Close enough. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Russell Wilson will be the New Orleans Saints quarterback in 2022. <laughs> Overreaction. I think Jay Boo gets another shot, man. He he showed potential to be good, okay, serviceable. Mm-hmm. So I think Sean Payton gives him another shot. And what's his name is trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taysom. Now when I started him, he gave me thirty three points. But he he's shown not to be a, a good quarterback. He's given he's been given his shot, and Jameis he proved that he he could get another shot for next next year. So. Now, is, is Russ going to be a free agent this summer or next summer? Is uh, it this summer? I, I believe he's a free agent after this season. I thought Rodgers was this year and Russ was like a year after him. I thought they were both in the same. Okay. Again. I do think he's leaving Seattle. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, underreaction. Regardless, whether it's this year or next year, I, I don't think he's staying in Seattle. And, I mean, why not go to New Orleans? Right? Like, there's no reason not to. You know, you you inherit Alvin Kamara. Maybe Slant Boy comes back. Stop it! I said maybe. Stop it! I well, said maybe. Are they going to pay? Are they going to want to pay him? Who, Russ? Yeah. You pay. You pay a Russell Wilson. Yep. Sean Payton will make sure he if if Russell Wilson is there for the getting and he's interested, he wants to come to Nola. Sean will cut half that defense if he's got to. He can go to Atlanta. Calvin Ew. Ridley will be back. Uh, Ew, no. Sierra's hometown? Ew, no. <laughs> no. I'd rather see I'd rather see him in New Orleans than Atlanta. Right. Ew, that's gross. Atlanta's also going to drive the quarterback this year. They're going to go get Who? Kenny Pickett. <laughs> All right. Mr. Fake Slide. Mr. Fake Slide? Yeah. Or uh, the Golden Boy. What's his name? Howell? Sam- yeah, Sammy. Samuel. Sammy Boy? Samuel. Samuel. Moving on. Okay. <clears throat> Those are good deep balls. <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is, we actually kind of just prefaced this uh, uh, before the show. Mike Zimmer is in his final weeks as Vikings head coach. Yes. Not not an overreaction, so underreaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, t- the it, clock is ticking. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go underreaction. Ahead. He's He is in his final weeks. You lost to the Lions. <laughs> yes. And you almost lost to him the first time. Yes. Yeah. But they 
a really good offense. The Vikings have a ton of talent on that offense. They do. When even, especially when fully healthy. When fully healthy, talent-wise, they've got one of the better wide receiver tandems. I'm going to say top five wide receiver tandem. One, two punch. I'm, I'm with you Steven, on that. Thielen and Jettis. Yeah, top three. <laughs> okay. You've got a top five running back when healthy. Yep. And you got an overpaid mid Kurt, my, not my cousin. I was going to ask. But the talent around him is there. So if you're not winning ball games, why? And you got a defensive background and you lost because you played the corner off 10 yards in the red zone. Yeah. He's got to be out of there, man. Oh, man. They got to get rid of him. Get him out of there. All right. We're going we to finish it and beat it. Not the scram. All right. going to finish it up. <clears throat> Run this back for 12 one more time. Oh, boy. Washington. Will catch the Cowboys and win the NFC East. Overreaction. But did the boys win this week? The Bucks? No, the boys. The boy. Oh, the boys. Yeah, they won. Yeah, the Cowboys won this week. Heineken, I don't believe in him. He, I, nobody he, does. Just, I mean, they're only two games back. Cowboys are eight and four. Washington is six and six. So they Cow- were two games back. What two weeks ago? They're riding a four-game winning streak. I feel like Dallas keeps winning lately, though. No, they just their their win on was they played Thursday night football, so that was their yeah they won Thursday. Yeah, they were okay. they were they were riding a little losing streak to that. Okay, I'm gonna say it's an underreaction for the same reason I said before that there's no shoe in that Dallas wins that division. I mean, any other team, any other division, I'm like, yeah, they'll close it out. But I, I mean, no offense to twelve, but Dallas is gonna Dallas, but. We're talking about Washington catching them. Yeah, you got to look at the talent though across the board. I, I, you would assume CD CD Lamb's back, even though Amari Cooper he doesn't look like he likes football at all. He's hurt right now, isn't he? No, he came back he last. He didn't, he didn't play that much. Asha oh, started, right, right, okay. She was pissed. Yeah, but talent wise across the board, Dallas has the better teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They now, have the better team every year. When last time Washington was actually like good for real. <sighs> Been a minute. Yeah. So at that point, it, Dallas always has a better team. No, I mean, they win it. I get what you say saying when Dallas going Dallas, but still, logically, talent-wise, <laughs> you, would assume, you would think. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm picking overreaction. I'm a, I'm not, and I'm not saying that Washington is going to do it, but I'm not going to say that there's no way they do it. Okay. All right. So All underreaction right. for me. And I'm, I'm, I want to throw in one college one real Ooh, quick. Ooh, a little bonus. A little bit. All right. Aiden Hutchinson deserves to be this year's Heisman winner. Under uh, Overreaction. Absolutely overreaction. He's not even the best DN in the country. Isn't it the Anderson kid? From Will him? Anderson. Yeah. Will Anderson is a man. Yeah. I'm, even though he'll be the first pick in the draft. Big, big, I'm a big Hutchinson fan. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. That kid is beastly. And that game he had against Ohio State, man, listen, I, I was I was glad mm-hmm. to see him. I felt like he was somehow flying under the radar a little bit mm-hmm. before that game. And then, like, that game, he woke mm-hmm. the nation up. You knew about him because you yeah, like Michigan, yeah. but, like, the, the nation, I felt like it was sleeping mm-hmm. on him. Yeah, Bryce Young's winning the Heisman. Yeah, he he sealed that up this week, which is very disappointing to me. Because, and, and just for context, again, this is this is a, an award that's for the best player in college football, right? And yeah. we've seen teams, Bryce Young, we've seen 
or Heisman contenders, if they have an off game or if your team loses, normally that can knock you out of contention, right? Yeah. But week in and week out, like Aiden Hutchinson is actually dominating his position. Like you talking about that game against Ohio State, that that game he registered 15 quarterback pressures. <laughs> On the season, he has 93. That's crazy. <laughs> the kid is nasty. It goes back to our MVP talk. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you quantify a defensive player yeah. winning the MVP? Yeah, a defensive player has to have just like astronomical numbers, right? Mm-hmm. He's just got to be Lawrence Taylor. Like, you, you, you really have to be like God's gift to a defensive coordinator to win it at this right. point, which probably isn't fair. Yeah, again, I think it's I think it's very disappointing when again when you look at Bryce, I think Bryce is bald. I mean, even CJ has come on as of late mm. and puts himself in there. But we were talking about him at the beginning of the season, like, yeah, we're still kind of iffy on him. The game. Right. But from very jump, shaky. Michigan's defense has been on their game. Yeah, and Alabama's offense technically hasn't. So who runs their offense? Who's leading Michigan's defense? Mm, true. So, no, that's, no, you you make a good argument. It'll never happen though. I think yeah, I think Aiden. I think he'll finish like third in the Heisman race behind both quarterbacks. Yeah, no, give him credit. I think he'll he'll finish before CJ. Okay, I think the only the only other offensive player who I could think makes sense to finish ahead of Will Anderson and Aiden would be Kenneth Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, the running back, who's also having a phenomenal season. Yeah, he is. All right, that's all I got for you boys. There we go. Yeah, let's get back to tradition. So as Josh Allen is throwing is it, his throwing his body into the wind, uh, Josh Allen just doesn't care about his health. Of course, he gets up slow. Of course, dude, what are you doing? That's yeah, not stoning him. Oh, it was a fourth down. Is okay. it time for the Lakers to fire Frank? No, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I hate that this narrative has grown legs. Well, speak speak on it. How Brief, s- briefly, how soon we forget? That it was Frank's rotations and tinkering with his lineup that won us that championship. Some say that he tinkers too much. And coronavirus. Not, I'm not going to entertain you, punk. But the idea that he's tinkering too much is ridiculous. How, how many games has he had his entire lineup? He hasn't had his entire lineup so, for consistently. So he's trying to figure it out. You, you have to figure it out. You know you've got three guys who are locked into your starting lineup. Right? Braun, Russ, and uh, Data Davis. <laughs> They're going to be in your starting lineup every single night simply because you just paint them too much. Right. You want to you wanna put THT in there because he's the fourth highest paid player on the team, but he's still inconsistent. But the obvious move is to start Monk, who's giving you more offensive The problem production. with starting Malik Monk is are you where are you starting him at? The two? Because now who's your best perimeter defender? Because you can't ask Braun to do it. Who's guarding Steph? Nobody's guarding anybody regardless. And you want to at least try, at least make it. life a little more difficult. And Malik Monk is a liability on defense. Malik doesn't even try on defense. He doesn't. Right. And I'm, I'm loving what Malik is doing. No, you got to put someone out there whose focus is going to be defense. Now, Ariza will be in the starting lineup eventually. So maybe you can put Malik at the two, Ariza's at the three, Braun is at the four, AD at the five. You get none back eventually. No, apparently they're saying he well at, at some point, which whatever. So should have went and got Demar Derozan. So, so give me an answer. Do we, if we continue how we're playing, 
do we fire him at the end of the season or let's see what he does when he's got a full team. All right. They 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 throw him this hodgepodge patch patch made quilt of a roster every year and say, go win a championship. It's okay. like, well, dog, like, well, okay, well, give me a minute to figure it out at least. Right. I'm so man, our fans are so spoiled. All right, so not so fast on that. <sighs> Pump. No, to finish it off, the the oldest MVP ever is Tom oh, yeah. Brady. Is it Tom? Really? So he's going to break his own be the older MVP. Nice. nice. And Russell Wilson's contract expires in 2022. Oh yeah. All right. And All don't right. fire Frank. Oh, um, I wanted I wanted Tom to retire when Russ became a free agent, so we can just go get Russ. I don't want to do the whole drafting and developing quarterback thing again. Nah, I get it. I don't want to go back that route. And no, there's no point of firing Frank because he's getting the team that LeBron teams always get, which is a patchwork team. But then he's a problem. All right. Was he playing? Mm-hmm. No. Nah, so maybe that's your bigger problem. Oh, LeBron's playing. Oh, no, LeBron's playing. playing. Oh, okay. He beat COVID in two days. <laughs> All right. Can we close this out? <laughs> that makes him better than Jordan. <laughs> here, Jordan we, here, we, here we go. Jordan ain't never beat COVID. <laughs> Somehow we oh, got to flip, flip the question to LeBron. All right. All right. Got it. Got it. The man in my right is Unkshay. Yeah. The man in my left. <laughs> Better my love is pump. Byron. He took his head off. I'm Breeze. We'll catch y'all next week. Bing bong.